My kid sister had to take care of the bombers, and over all the years, Teeny was my favorite. Now you might be wondering, what are you talking about, Father? Well, in spite of what Walt Disney and the radical environmentalists might lead us to believe, each, even nature has been knocked a little bit out of whack by the fall of Adam. A bummer is short for a bum lamb. And a bum lamb is a lamb whose mama won't take care of it. And so unless you graft her onto another ewe or take her in and put her on a bottle, that lamb will be mighty dead, mighty quick. And as you probably gathered from the name my sister stuck on her, Teeny was a little teeny tiny bum lamb. And at the same time, my sister was a real little peanut herself. She was probably four or five years old. And anyway, she'd mix up the, the, the milk replacer and put it in big old bottles and stick a nipple on it and then go out and feed the bum lamb. And I, I still smile every time I think about Teeny, how little she would be. And she'd be loping around, running around and jumping like lambs do and just kind of bad. And when my sister came out and called her name, she'd just come running. She knew she was going to get a belly full of milk. And it's one of those great pictures I have in my mind of this real little girl feeding an even tinier lamb. Some years later, I was home visiting. We were standing outside watching the lambs run around while the sheep were grazing probably 60 or 80 yards away. I told my sister what a big kick I used to get out of watching her feed Teeny. I wondered, whatever happened to Teeny? Did we still have her, or had she been sold down the road to the sale yard? And my sister answered by turning and saying about this loud, Teeny. As soon as she said that, all of a sudden you just swung right up, uh, broke out of the band of the rest of the sheep, and came running straight towards my sister with two little lambs scampering behind her, doing their best to keep up. She came running up on a high lope and just skidded right in front of my little sister to the stop. My sister said, that's Teeny. And what could I do but laugh? My sister had spoken Teeny's name just loud enough for the sound to carry. And Teeny had practically run over all the other sheep, turned in a different direction, and come running. Teeny sure knew my sister's voice. She sure hadn't come running to me, and I'd said her name two or three times during the course of this conversation, wondering where she was and commenting on how much fun I used to have watching my sister feed Teeny. Of course, in today's gospel, our Lord identifies himself as a good shepherd, and he identifies us as his sheep. And only a few lines before the passage in today's scripture, he points out that the sheep hear the shepherd's voice and, quote, our Lord calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. And when he has brought out all his own, he goes before him, and the sheep follow him, for his sheep know his voice. Close quote, our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. So just like Teeny knew this voice of my sister and would break out of the band and come running and follow my sister around, so also our Lord's sheep know his voice and should break out of the band and come running and follow him around. After all, our Lord is the Good Shepherd. We should know his voice and follow him. But how do his sheep know his voice? Do they actually hear him? Yes, they do. Since he sent his apostles to go out and preach in his name, his sheep hear his voice speaking through his church, speaking through the Holy Scriptures, speaking through sacred tradition like this beautiful liturgy, 
speaking through the teachings of the popes and the ecumenical councils. And of course, sometimes his sheep hear him speaking quietly in the soft quietness of their hearts. And what does he say to his sheep? Repent, confess your sins, and be holy. Be holy. Do God's holy will. The Good Shepherd says, quote, If you love me, you will keep my commandments. And he who does not love me does not keep my words. Close quote. So the sheep that follow the Good Shepherd hear his voice telling them to repent, to confess their sins, to be holy, to do his holy will, and to keep his commandments, to follow him in the one flock with the one shepherd. Now let's stop for a moment and think about Tini again. When my sis spoke her name, Tini came running with her lambs, but the rest of the band kept grazing. They didn't pay any attention to my sister's voice. And isn't that just like life? Just as Tini suddenly came busting out of the band and came running, don't we regularly see people suddenly repenting, suddenly running away from the band that they've been traveling with, suddenly changing their ways, making a good confession, returning to the practice of the faith? Hasn't that happened in some degree to all of us? And haven't we seen people who almost in spite of themselves hear our Lord calling them to convert? And how many wonderful converts have we been blessed with? What an amazing blessing. It's incredible. And they're coming in all the time. The Good Shepherd calls his sheep in by name, and his sheep will follow him. So we can see the incredible love the Good Shepherd has for men, how he gathers them into his flock and feeds them with the Blessed Sacrament and with his divine truths. And he heals their wounds with confession and extreme unction. And his sheep show their love for their shepherd by following him and walking in his commandments. But now let's stop for a moment again and just compare ourselves to a bum lamb like Teeny. See, when Teeny was born, at least she was born alive. And if she hadn't got help soon, she'd have wound up dead. But with us, it's a different story. Supernaturally speaking, we're all born dead. Every one of us. When we're born, we're basically all little black sheep who belong to the bad shepherd. That's why at a baptism, before the baptism, the priest does a series of exorcisms. Why? To remove the power that the bad shepherd has over us before we're given supernatural life and moved into the flock of the good shepherd. See, thanks to Adam, by nature we are born children of wrath, dead in sin. And so naturally speaking, we'll all walk in the way of sin. We'll naturally follow the bad shepherd. But just as Christ was resurrected from the dead, so also we've been resurrected from the death of sin to the life of grace by means of our baptism. And because of that, we can now supernaturally follow the good shepherd by walking in the ways of the commandments. So there's the situation. If we ignore the call of the Good Shepherd and we stay at the level of nature, we're dead. We're going to be black sheep following the bad shepherd. But if we responded to his call and we've been lifted up to the life of grace, to the supernatural level, then we're alive. 
precisely with that grace, and that gives us the supernatural power to follow the Good Shepherd and keep the commandments, okay? So there's three points every one of us needs to burn into his mind. Three points. First, naturally speaking, we are in dire straits. We're little bum lambs, and we need supernatural help from our Lord. If we lead a natural life, we're doomed. There's no two ways around it. If we live a natural life, we're doomed. That's the first point. The second point is, the enemy knows that, and he's got an angelic intelligence. And the third point is, we're at war. Okay? So if we lead a natural life, we're doomed. The enemy knows that, and we're at war. In the line right before today's gospel, our Lord describes the war when he describes the wolf catching and scattering the sheep. That might not sound like much, but so you have a clear idea of what our Lord's referring to by that, let me just tell you one typical story about a coyote getting into sheep. Now keep in mind that a coyote is just a pup when you compare it to a wolf. Okay, this coyote got into some sheep, a band of sheep belonging to a friend of mine, while they were out grazing, and everybody happened to be in town. No sheep herder, no good shepherd, okay? That means the coyote didn't catch a bullet. That means the coyote got to do what comes naturally. And since coyotes aren't accustomed to watching nature programs on TV, they don't know anything about how cuddly and environmentally sensitive they're all supposed to be. See, in real life, coyotes don't just kill to eat. They don't just kill to eat. This coyote killed 30 or 40 sheep, most of them lambs, by grabbing by the neck and just shaking around and worrying to death and then leaving them running along, hamstringing ewes, took down some ewes, ate a few bags off them. See, that's what, typical of a coyote. A lot of times, they'll just eat the udder. They'll hamstring the ewe, eat the choice cuts while she's still laying there quite alive, and then run on to something else. Of course, during this attack, besides leaving a whole trail of dead and dying sheep all over the country, he also scattered the sheep that were alive all over the range. Now that ought to give you an idea, a better picture of what the Good Shepherd is referring to when he warns us about the wolf and what he wants to do to his sheep, the Lord's sheep. How the wolf hates us and wants to kill us and drag us down the hill, since, of course, the wolf is a devil, the bad shepherd who's at war with us. So since we're at this war, we ought to take a moment to study the tactics of the enemy. So we'll take a real quick look at the teachings of the enemy, and for that, we'll turn to the obvious source, satanic priests, who are just human mouthpieces for the bad shepherd. Now for this section of the sermon, I'm relying heavily on astute observer of popular culture, Mr. Eric Holmberg. Before we go through the series of quotes from satanic priests, please note... And this is important to remember, the basic tactics of the devil don't have anything to do with levitation, spitting heads, power puking, occult weirdness, curses, and spells. Those are all part of the demonic, and we don't want to make fun of them or say that they don't happen. That sort of weird stuff does happen, but that's not the devil's basic plan. It just won't attract that many people. That's just the devil being a moron and showing off. Keep in mind that the good shepherd asks his sheep to keep his Ten Commandments. 
the devil asks his sheep to keep only one commandment. This commandment is the absolute, absolute foundation of Satanism. Make no mistake about it. There's one commandment. Here it is. Do what thou wilt is the whole of the law. Do what thou wilt is the whole of the law. Now what does that mean? It means do whatever you want to do. You decide. Have it your way. It's your choice. This is the basic temptation of the devil. Quotes, Anton LaVey, Satanic priest, founder of the Church of Satan. May God have mercy on his soul. Quote, I can do anything I want to. I can pursue any kind of lustful desires and engage in any activities that are so-called sinful activities. Close quote, Anton LaVey, founder of the Church of Satan. I can do anything I want to. Boyd Rice, Satanic Priest, quote, The Satanic world is a world in which we follow the laws of nature. Close quote. The Satanic world is a world in which we follow the laws of nature. Now remember, if we lead a natural life, we're doomed. Marilyn Manson, Satanic Priest and Bizarre Rock Star, quote, the idea of Antichrist is just acceptance of yourself as a powerful being who can make their own decisions. It's not someone with a 666 on their head. Satanism is about worshiping yourself because you're responsible for your own good and evil. Close quote. Satanism is about worshiping yourself because you're responsible for your own good and evil. Where have we heard that before? And the serpent said to the woman, No, you shall not die the death. For God knoweth that in whatever day soever you shall eat thereof, your eyes shall be opened, and you shall be as gods, knowing good and evil. Genesis chapter 3. Satanism is about worshiping yourself because you're responsible for your own good and evil. And the serpent said to the woman, you shall be as gods, knowing good and evil. Let's sum up what these satanic priests tell us. Satanism is all about worshiping yourself and determining for yourself what's good and evil. The satanic world is a world in which we follow the laws of nature. So go ahead. Do anything you want to. Pursue your lustful desires. Engage in any so-called sinful activities that appeal to you. That's what the enemy preaches. Remember, if we lead a natural life, we're doomed. We're at war. Our enemy, who hates us and wants to kill us and drag us down to hell, realizes full well that if he can get us to lead a life at the level of nature, he's got us. And we're at war, and there are no peace treaties with the devil. How successful is this basic tactic of Satan, his basic temptation for each one of us to live a natural life, to just do our own thing, to decide for ourselves what's right and wrong, rather than to live 
a supernatural life and heed our Lord's command to keep all ten of his commandments. How successful is his tactic? Well, first, we'll read the enemy's mail. In the winter 1999 edition of Gnosis, an occult magazine, they have an interesting commentary. Quote, if there's anything horrifying in Satanism's teachings, it's that these are the principles by which most of the people live most of the time, usually without even admitting it to themselves. Close quote. If there's anything horrifying in Satanism's teachings, it's that these are the principles by which most of the people live most of the time. But we don't have to rely on the enemy to get a body count. Look around at our world. The essence of Catholicism is to do whatever he wants. And we imitate her, who in her inspired words of Our Lady, the lady who crushes the head of the serpent, says, Be it done unto me according to thy word. The essence of Satanism is the opposite. Not thy word, not thy will, but my will be done. How many people, even people who claim to be Catholic, make strenuous efforts to lead a supernatural life and keep all ten commandments? Is it a majority or is it a minority? Many are called, but each one of us needs to look in his heart of hearts and ask himself, who am I following? Am I following the Good Shepherd? Am I keeping the Ten Commandments? Am I following the one who's the way, the truth, and the life and showing him that I love him by doing his will? Or am I doing whatever I want? Look, we know the devil doesn't speak only through satanic priests. He may be a moron, but he's not that big of a moron. After all, there just aren't that many satanic priests, and their occult weirdness just isn't going to appeal to that many people. The devil has plenty of other ways to deliver this message to us. These days, one of his most successful ventures has been in the realm of popular music. Let's close by meditating on some of the verses from a hit song, which according to priests from the Church of Satan, is one of the most evil satanic songs of the 20th century. I'll read the first and last verses from this song, one of the most evil satanic songs of the 20th century. Now think as I'm reading this about the message proposed in this song and compare it to the message of the Good Shepherd. The first verse. And now the end is near, and so I face the final curtain. My friend, I'll say it clear, I'll state my case, of which I'm certain. I've lived a life that's full. I've traveled each and every highway. But more, much more than this, I did it my way. Last verse. For what is a man, what has he got? If not himself, then he has not. To say the things he truly feels and not the words 
of one who kneels. Let me repeat those lines. What is a man, what has he got, if not himself, then he has not. To say the things he truly feels, and not the words of one who kneels. Not the words of one who kneels. The record shows I took the blows and did it my way. My way. One of the most satanic songs of the 20th century. Hey, thanks a lot, Frank. Thanks, Elvis. Thanks, Sammy Davis Jr. We don't have to have weirdos on electric guitars to hear the message. That was brought to you by a Catholic, a Protestant, and a Jew. I'm not saying they're bad men, but that's a bad message. Have we done things his way? Are we doing things my way? Have we been listening to the Good Shepherd? Or the Ancient Serpent? When my sister called Tinny, she practically knocked over the rest of the sheep and came running. Is that true of each of us? Are we running to walk in the commandments of the Lord? Are we traveling with a band of sheep, head towards heaven or towards somewhere else?